again. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Let me check this battery. Okay, we can begin. Today is March. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Today is May the 9th, 2019. My name is Diana Owens. Present with me is pro production manager, Mr. Chuck Stewart. And we will be interviewing one of our histori historians today, Mrs. Gail Miller. Welcome aboard, Gail. And we thank, thank you, you for participating in this important gathering of African-American history of Hope Sound today. First, I want you to state your name um, and tell me a little bit about your family background. My name is Gail Miller. I was born in New Britain, Connecticut, December the 8th, 1954. For a little while, um, my parents, we relocated there, but it was very little. I really don't know that much about it because I was probably like two. We moved in Banner Lake. I reared here in Banner Lake community. Okay. okay, it was my mom, my dad, and then also together it was six of us. It was four girls and two boys. And um, the really ironic thing about it, she had a boy, then she had four girls, and then she had another boy. Um, we lived here in Banner Lake, and basically all of my life, to be totally honest. For a short period of time, we lived in the Port Salerno area. I went to school, Dunbar Elementary. Miss Parker was my first grade teacher. My second grade teacher was Miss Oliver, and my third grade teacher was Miss Gaucher. And in a short period of time, I went to elementary school at East Stewart Elementary. My fourth grade teacher was Miss Singletary. My fifth grade teacher was Miss Dolly Square Miller. And my sixth grade teacher was Miss Odin. Interesting. And after that, um, basically segregation going on. So I'm in all black elementary schools. And then also went to the all black high school which was Murray Junior Senior High School, and that was when I was in the seventh grade. There was a huge boycott during the time when I was at Murray because what was happening at this time, they were trying to bring in a white principal and an all-black school. I remember the song, uh, one of the protest songs, because Mr. Odin, he was our principal. It was saying, we want Mr. Odin for our principal. No, 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 not Nabisky. So even though it was said and done pretty much at that time, they did bring in a white principal. The next year, we were integrated. So basically for the first seven years of my uh, education, I was all, it was all segregation. Integration was very hard. When I, um, we went to, it was, Mer it was, I'm sorry, Stewart Junior High. I was in the seventh, eighth grade. And that was horrible. Because basically it was always like fights. And I remember this, these huge tall guys from Palm City. They were just terrible, terrible, terrible children to be involved with. Because they always starting fights. They were always just, just, and to be totally honest about it all, there was some uh, teachers that was prejudiced too. So it, it was really hard. Integration for Martin County was very hard. Now to go back to my family, I'm not certain as to like um, my dad, it was Jane Rowe, he was uh, self-employed, he was a painter. My mom, she worked on Jupiter Island 
And then growing up here in the Banner Lake community and even going back to elementary school, I can remember like in first grade with Parker, we had this big old thing they called May Day. And May Day is when you did, we had, um, we had Alice, Jerry, and Jip. And we would do uh, paper mache. And when we did the paper mache after we knew newspaper, and I can't remember the exact ingredients for the glue paste. to put it together, paste. And we did those and we'd paint them. And then we would go out into the area of the Dunbar School and we had like the May Day with the flagpole where we would actually take um, different colors and, and put all of that together. And uh, one thing I can always say about Ms. Parker and then also it was uh, Ms. Oliver, the second grade teacher, and Ms. Gaucher, they were truly interested in your education. And then um, after another thing too that was really good for us in our community too is growing up was the Banner Lake Club. That was like a really, really important part of the community. And it was almost, it was the heart of the community. Mm -hmm. Because there um, from Dunbar Elementary, we would go up there for plays. We would go up there for any huge church function. And another group of people, it was like the largest, like my grandma, she was an Eastern star. And then it was like Mr. Buddy, well actually his name was Lawrence Bryant Sr. Like they were Masonics. That was him, Mr. Rufus. Um, and then there was my grandma, Hannah Pippins, um, Miss Betty Hodge, Miss Ari Parker. These were like people that really gave back to the community because I know they always had these special events. My grandma would always, um, I would actually make her a dress because she would always go to New Orleans where they had these huge events for Eastern Stars and Masons. And then they also did things back to the community too. So I say at that time they were like more like the um, fraternities and the sororities mm -hmm. in, in my time here. Banner Lake was a self-functioning community. And growing up here, there were grocery stores. We had um, Miss Essie Baker. We had um, on the corner coming in off of um, Bridge Road in Florida, there was Miss Odie and Mr. Watson. It was like a little sundry there downstairs and upstairs I think is where they lived at and then you walk a little bit um, coming into the neighborhood they had like a little two-story garage area and then also on the same street there on um, Bridge Road there was Mr. Lorraine he had I know in Stewart I think he had a dry cleaning but then also there was store you go down a little bit further there was we called him Mr. Boshot and then um, his wife they had a store and you go down a little bit further from there there was Miss Julia and Mr. Buddy Bryant, they had almost like a little cafe type thing. And then if you came back into the neighborhood right down from the Banner Lake Club, there was Miss Turner. She had a store there too. And right among that, on the opposite side, I would say for lack of term, was like a little mini project. Because people with big, huge families, they kind of stayed up in there. It was like the Lorries. Mm -hmm. It was also like the McLeans. And then if you really wanted to get the best um, oatmeal cookie in town, Miss Turner's store was the place for that. <laughs> yes, it was. Banner Lake, um, growing up here, there was like houses that, there were rooming houses because if you go to the back street on Comus, there was Mr. George Walker. He had like a huge rooming house that was um, back in that corner. And then there were other people properties like the McLean's on, on Citrus. There were some houses that they rented there. Um, and another thing too, I remember um, with my grandmother, 
Her first employment, as far back as I can remember, was this place called Spicer's. It was a farm. And she would go over there, which was, I think, kind of near Gomez Road, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right. And there were local babysitters, too. Because um, during my time, um, younger, there was this lady we called Miss Miss. She was a babysitter because she kept us. And then also Miss Beulah Robinson, she was a babysitter. And then there was Miss Burgess, she was a babysitter. Miss Ethel Epps was a babysitter. And I'm sure there were others. But then there was a, um, a resident that was really, really concerned about you know the growth and development of younger children, and that was Emmeline Dames. Her and a group of uh, people they got together, and they that's the existence coming into being the Dunbar Center because after integration, the Dunbar Center just kind of set in the neighborhood and set in the neighborhood, and it became dilapidated very much so. So some interested people got together and um, they formed a board, and then Ms. Walker at the onset of it was the, um, she pretty much was the, um, the director there. And they got together. And I remember um, like the two buildings that are more closer to the Banner Lake Club, I really believe those buildings was donated by um, South Fork High School because we got um, some, um, um, there was some people that was locally. First of all, they had to clean it up because it was dilapidated. I know, and I'm not sure if they totally donate, but but those they were there. They, they were, were there. there. They were they there from the school. They built those. They built those. But the, the oldest the part class. of the school, though, the fire department. Right, that. right. And then they um, they got that together. And then through, I say, I know for sure my husband was one of the board members, and I believe April Barlow was a board member, and um, Mary Jane Bauer. Mm -hmm. uh, Emmeline, because before doing all of this, they went door by door in the neighborhood right. just to see what the neighborhood feelings were. Let's back up a little bit, Gail. Let's back up a little bit. Okay. Uh, I want to back up with, with your comments. I hate to interrupt you because you're, okay. you're doing so good. That's okay. But I want to back up to Miss Petway starting a daycare center. Mm -hmm. uh, Mrs. Um, Gertrude, Gertrude Petway. But I don't know anything about You don't about remember that. that one. Okay. I don't. Okay. I don't know yeah, about so that. All I knew that. was like the people that babysit. Okay. Right. Okay. But I don't know you about don't her daycare her center. Yeah. But I just remember some people were saying, though, that where that lodge is. That's where she was. She where was she there. was and was and Miss LaBola Miller, too. Right. And right. then also the Olivia Lovely, mm -hmm. because once the Hope Sound Child Care came into being, Miss LaBola Miller. Miss Patway and Olivia Lovely, they were like over there. And that was during the course of time, pretty much, I think, when my children were younger, mm -hmm. were younger. But okay. I don't remember okay. her. Okay. And then I remember the Banner Lake Club because I remember um, maybe in 2004 I did an interview because we were celebrating 86 years at the Banner, of the Banner Lake Club. Mm -hmm. I spoke with, um, we call him Mr. Buddy Bryant, mm -hmm. but actually it's Lawrence right. Bryant Sr., and he said to me that during the course of time, his work with Jupiter Island, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he told me it was Van Clark, mm -hmm. where they played a major role in the building of that center. Mm -hmm. And then also it was, um, I can't remember the names that came across as far as Dunbar. They were interested in schools. But with that, the first recreation director we had was Benny Williams. So they brought him down from up north. And I remember because there was no pools or anything available to us, Mr. William had us down there using the Banner Lake mm 
as a place for swimming and everything. And out of all my time here, I never remember seeing a snake and I never remember seeing alligators there either. Mm, they must have been pretty bad <laughs> before that. Yes. <laughs> and then after Mr. William left, we got Mr. Hurst, mm -hmm. M.L. Hurst. He came in and he was like the director um, of the youth program in the Banner Lake community. Mm -hmm. And then also I remember that club was like multifunction yeah. because um, a long time ago when there was segregation, there was only X amount of things that we could do as far as being black. And I'm not sure about the history about behind like the health department. We had this lady, she was a white nurse. Her name was Miss Tishak. She would come up to the Banner Lake Club and that's where we would get our injections, immunization, and then also she tests us, you know, like, like for the worms and everything. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure about that part. But I do know that when we went to Stewart, and there's still segregation going on, there was a downtown Stewart, there was a Greens, there was a Stewart department store, but we really didn't attend those stores. What we did was, which now in there is a family dollar, we would go to Neisner's, and then we would go over to Eagle Army Navy. And right where the Bank of America um, building is, there was a royal castle. And black people was not allowed to go in there. But I do remember um, this one incident that was told through the years that um, there was a, relative, uh, a resident here in Banner Lake. After they wouldn't let him come in, they wouldn't let him do his, you know, wouldn't let us allow us to come in there because of segregation. He jumped over the counter and fix his own food. So I remember that. Okay. Let's back up on your family history a little okay. bit here. Um, let's talk about your mom's maiden name. Okay. And your mom's role, and your siblings, and your brothers and sisters. Okay. My mom, my grandparents was here already, which was Theodore and Hannah Pimpton. Do you know where they came from? They came from Arkansas. Oh, okay. My grandmother, hopefully I don't have the towns mixed up, my grandmother, um, Holly Grove, I believe, and my grandfather was Poplar Grove. So what do you think brought them to Hope Sound? Um, okay, let's go back a little bit. My grandmother's father, which was Charlie Washington, he, um, I think it was by way of Sanford, Florida. It's somewhere between Sanford and Arkansas that they came from Arkansas to Sanford and I believe to Hope Sound. My mom didn't come to Hope Sound until she was probably like in the 11th grade or mm -hmm. something like that. She attended um, Stewart Training School, um, but she didn't come like my grandparents might because this was my grandmother's um, second marriage. Mm -hmm. So she didn't, she didn't come. But one thing I liked about my grandmother that she always took us back to her roots. Mm -hmm. So during the course of time, my grandmother, I'll say it was like the early 60s, and we, she always pretty much um, hired a driver so she could go back to her roots and everything that was in Arkansas. And I remember when we would go to gas stations, they would allow us to get gas, but we could never use the restroom. Mm -hmm. And this is during segregation. And um, this one driver we had this one time, he got very upset about it. And he got so angry because he actually, he really did have a gun because he couldn't understand if we purchased the gas why couldn't we use the restroom when we were young? But my, my grandmother, she calmed him down. We got the um, gas and we left. We would have to cross over three states. That was Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. And just imagine doing that in the 60s. 
when we would get to um, Mississippi uh, coming back, I, I just, I can see him right now. It was this huge white state trooper. He would always make us open up the trunk and whatever we um, acquired from our relatives, he would literally take it from us. And then also going back to Arkansas in the 60s, whether it was Poplar Grove or whether it was Holly Grove, um, we would be walking along the way there because um, my family, they had big farms. And we never really went into town, as they would call it, unless they needed like some dry goods because they basically raised everything. But we, we would see these huge trucks and literally, it was white people driving the trucks. They would literally try to run you over or, and they had these huge ditch and normally we would just like kind of run into the ditch because one year what happened, my parents had to go up north to work and they really couldn't bring us with them. So it was six of us, three of us, no, four of us was left with my grandfather's sister. She was a teacher. That was my sister, Jeanette, Sharon, Linda, and we call my brother Bug, but his name was James. And they were in Poplar Grove. And then myself and Joseph, we were in Holly Grove with my mom's aunt, which was my great aunt. They had us doing everything from chopping, picking, cutting. <laughs> And, and you know what, this was like the early 60s. And then once my parents got up there, they realized and didn't know that they could have brought us up there, but mm -hmm. they left us there. Mm -hmm. And um, my grandma, like I said, she always came every summer. So she came the summer that we always there to visit us. And I thought my grandma was coming to get us because it was really hard for us because they had outdoor toilet. They ironed with smoothing irons. We chopped cotton, we picked cotton. We did so many things that we weren't accustomed to being here in Banner Lake mm -hmm. that when my grandma left, she said she wasn't um, there to get us. And we lived on this street that was a dead end street. And the only thing was midway the street was a big, huge church. Mm -hmm. And we just took off running, crying behind the car because my grandmother left us there. Right. Okay, let's, let's, let's back up here a little bit. Um, so I kind of asked you did, if you knew why your grandmother and them came from Arkansas to Hope Sound. But you didn't know. really answer. I don't really don't know really that. Know. I really okay. Don't. So after they got to Hope Sound, uh, Ms. Pippins, and what kind of work did they do here in Hope Sound? Okay, my grandmother, they were domestic because they were Jubilee Island. Okay. They came but in. at the very beginning, though, my grandmother, she was Spicer Farm. She worked the farm. Okay. Then after that, the lady that she worked for on Jubilee Island, which was Miss Westerbell, and then she became Miss Demanoir, my grandmother would go every week to Palm Beach because that's where the lady lived. She would stay there in with the lady from Monday all the way through Saturday noon. And then my grandmother would come to Hope Sound. And then on Monday, she would go back. Okay. And then prior to that, the only home that I knew that my grandmother had was the one that's still at 8616 Southeast Aurora. Okay. And I remember when I interviewed Mrs. Miller, she said to me that my grandmother's home and some other homes through the Gulf Life Insurance Company. Mm -hmm. They were able to get that home built. It was my grandmother's home, Mrs. Miller home, Miss Betty Harge home, uh, Miss Ida Luce Harris home. Yeah, so they, so they came room. in and built those houses for them at the time. And mm -hmm. I think that house was built in 1955, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah. 
I think that's what someone else said the same time today. And then if we go, let me just tell a little bit, go over to like, okay, which was Jane Roe, that was my mother's husband. Mm -hmm. Now on that side, I really believe like his father, they were like Cat Island, the Bahamas that's or something I'm... to that nature. Okay. But then on um, Alamanda is where my, we call her Mama Ida, which was his mother, mm -hmm. Ida Bryant and William Bryant, they lived there. Mm -hmm. And she had, um, it was um, James Roll, Henry Roll. He lived in New York mm -hmm. most of the time. There was Lincoln mm -hmm. and my Aunt Dorothy. Mm -hmm. She lived in Miami. And then there was Henrietta Lewis. And she was deceased by the time we grew up. By my, my grandmother, she did tell us about her. As a matter of fact, she's buried in the cemetery that's on the curb. Okay. That was good. You, you, you answered that question. And just a little well. bit more about the cemetery on the curve up there mm -hmm. where she's buried. I really don't know, but my brother Bug said that during the course of growing up here, Jane Rowe would take Mama Ida over to that cemetery to her grave site. He said he can vaguely remember, but if he actually went into the cemetery, he probably could find the location of her grave. Mm. So you, do you, you have any anticipation of what year you thought that would have happened? And they were actually living here in, in Bama Lake when they buried that person. When they there. buried her over there. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. okay. She was like high school, because I could see right now my mind, my sister has it. It was a graduation picture of high school. Her name was Henrietta Lewis. Okay, so your family did no farming or anything? No. No farming? No, they did not, as I know. Because my granddaddy, Bill, my mama, she didn't work. Mm -hmm. But my granddaddy, Bill, he worked, uh, drove a tractor for the Hope Sound Company. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. No. Um, so you grew up here and you rented. Okay. Do you, you basically hit a lot of the stuff already <laughs> that I was going to ask you. So, Gail, when you grew up, and when you went to the Murray Middle School, uh, Stewart, Stewart High School for the eighth and for eighth grade, and you went to the Murray ninth grade, mm -hmm. and then you went to Martin County High. Mm -hmm. Did your situations change much from that you talked about earlier, from when you was in the seventh in the eighth grade at the Stewart School, by the time you got to the high school? Do you feel that the segregation part had mangled a lot better? No, because um, like going from the eighth grade with all the fighting, with all the you know the prejudice that was shown by the teachers and and then the students too. At one point, I went to Murray like several times, to be totally honest. I went to Murray when it was Carver Gardens Elementary, mm -hmm. and the principal was Costello Williams. Mm -hmm. And also, she was my grandmother's teacher, too. Mm -hmm. um, and then, when I went back to Murray for the all ninth grade, because every ninth grade in Martin right, County went there. went there. And it really kind of... No, not really, to be totally honest, to be totally honest. And even going to 10th grade, from the 10th through the 12th at Martin County High School, you, you could see it, because I'll never forget this principal. Now, I don't know if I'm supposed to call his name, but I could see those white shoes and a paddle, J.C. Williams. Oh, yes, he was at Martin County High. And there were some other teachers, too, that they weren't really fair. There, there was just like a lot of stuff that was going on. Even though it, you know schools were supposed to be integrated and everybody was supposed to be treated fair, and I just found out not too long ago that I was at another um, event that one of the greatest mistakes that the school boards made, um, the lady said, after years and years, was um, when they changed out Murray um, Junior Senior High School when it was all black and they brought in a white principal. 
So years later, well, see what that, they but, realized what that mistake was. Well, what that did is I think from what I'm concerned, and I have to, mm -hmm. for the camera, I was born and raised here too, mm -hmm. is that it made it better for the, um, for them as far as the integration for the federal government. So right, right, just, absolutely, but right. not for the students. Right, right, not for the students. Okay, so let's move on to your adult life. Uh, can I say one other thing okay, too? Okay, you can. Um, growing up here in Banner Lake, like we had all the stores, we had um, the service station with Miss Laura and Mr. Bill, we had the beauty parlor with Miss Ruth Reed. Um, but one of the things too is that we always went, what they called it, which is out town. And the nicest store owner there was Miss Cohen's. Because when we went out there, she treated you with dignity. Because basically at that period of time, really blacks was limited to, for, as far as going out there. Because before they called it out town, they used to call it white town. Right, they used to call it white town. And then um, they called it out town. And um, at that time, she would like, um, you get like things on credit. And she was she was she was really fair. She was mm -hmm. she was very fair. She was a well, she Rare. was from Sweden. Right. She was a, she was Swedish. Mm -hmm. um, the next question I want to ask is going to move on to your okay. uh, to your adult life. Okay. Uh, after high school, give me a little update on what happened with you in your life. Did you stay here in Hope Sound? Did you move away? Did you return? I know you say you lived in Hope Sound all your life, mm -hmm. but you I'm quite sure you took some avenue away. How many kids you have and what they're doing in their lives? Okay, um, I left a couple of years. I went to the University of Florida, and that was through scholarship and also uh, loans and stuff that were presented at Martin County High School. And then I came back, and once I came back, um, Alfred and I, we got married. As a matter of fact, May 2nd this year is 38 years. Um, and um, we were blessed with four sons. It's Nathan. And then there's Alfred, Anthony, and Nick that we reared right here in the um, in Banner Lake. Um, when I came back, my first job, I worked actually, you know, during the course of my high school, I really worked on Jupiter Island because mm -hmm. my mom she served parties, we helped to serve parties and everything. And eventually, when I was a senior in high school, she got me my own place. And I was the person that I worked for. His name was Archibald Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. He was the grandson of Teddy Roosevelt. So I worked there, and um, then I worked, I say, I'll say like in the early 70s, um, through a program, career development, with Mr. Peterson. I went out to, it was Rural Improvement Council, but eventually became Florida Community Health Center. Mm -hmm. I started out as an outreach worker, and then I worked my way up through to medical records. And with that, what we were able to do, because Indian Town was so far away, and there was like um, health services, dental services and everything, but basically sliding fee scale. Some people could afford it, some couldn't. So I was able to reach out here in Martin County to get some people to come to the clinic, which was provided transportation by a van, so that they could update, you know, medical and dental. And I outgrew that. So I went to work at Florida Power Light Company. And I, I worked at the clinic for like seven, almost eight years. Mm -hmm. I went to Florida Power and Light Company, and I worked there nearly 13 years. Once again, there was prejudice at Florida Power and Light Company when I got there, even though this was like the early, I think it was the early 80s, because um, their first location was the old post office downtown, and I believe I was the first black female to work 
as you walk into the district office right there on the front counter. Um, prior to that, my husband was working there or he for a little while, but there was so much prejudice going on at that course of time that he ended up not working there anymore. Mm -hmm. Once I left from there, I um, got active with Boys and Girls Club. I did some giving back here in the neighborhood. And then I went to um, First National Bank. I was just so throwback when I went to a general meeting at First National Bank. There were very, 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 very few blacks that worked at that bank. I couldn't understand it because black people had money in the bank too. I worked in the department of the loan vault. The loan vault, basically, that's where its files are secured. Consumer, real estate, and also commercial loans. Um, during my course of stay there, I did advance in there. And then I kind of like stayed up and worked a little while. And I, my final job, I worked for a loan company. And now I'm just newly retired. Okay, that sounds good. Did you did you go to church when you was a kid in here Hope, in Banana Lake? As a matter of fact, we're sitting right here in the church where I attend, which is Mount Olive Missionary Baptist Church. And did you get baptized? I was baptized during the course of stay when we were in Arkansas. The one summer we had to okay. stay there while my parents went up north to work. But in this church, there was a, um, a, a huge youth group. And our, our directors at that time, Ms. Catherine Hudson, she played a major role, Tina Guthrie, and also Katherine Hudson. And during my course of time here, it started out with Reverend Lawrence, and then also there was Reverend Grant. And we had this really super youth choir. So the youth were very active in this church when I was there. As a matter of fact, I still go to this church. I was married in this church. We reared our children here in this church, so I'm still at this church. That's great. Um, the next thing I want to ask you, you already mentioned about the, um, the, the cemetery on the curve. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that church that was there? Have you ever attended that little church? I remember that church because the pastor, when I went there probably visiting at one point, was um, what we called him Mr. Buddy Preston, mm -hmm. Reverend Preston. Right. right. But, and then it was a pretty old church, and then right behind the church was the cemetery. Did you ever go to a burial service or a funeral, or where they buried anyone at that, no. at that time at that church? No. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Even though um, Mama Ida's daughter is buried up there, her and my granddad Bill, they're buried out here in the Banner Lake community. Okay. Um, so, I guess I'm about ready to... Can you think of anything else that you'd like to say? Because some of the... Questions are way before your time that you wouldn't, you know, uh, had to hear about it because of the depression you wouldn't know. But I remember my grandmother talking about it. Okay. Give us some what She some called it Hoover Days. Okay. And basically that was like rations that was given out to, to the family. And I, I remember that part. Okay. Uh, is there any other thing? Do you feel, do you feel like from the time of segregation to now where we think we are all equal, there has been a great big change, or do you feel like that we, we're at a standstill in, in this situation, or do you feel like it's, it's, it's going the opposite direction? Just from the time being in the Banner Lake community, even before there was um, Hope Sound National Bank, even before Barnett, and even before that bank was built on that corner, 
there was a bar that's right down there where is it like a, a nursery or something down mm -hmm. there. Um, I remember people standing in line to cash their checks, which going through a screen back door, but they could not go inside the bar. Um, I remember um, like some relatives or something trying to get the hope sound on the Greyhound. They would put them off right out there on US-1, no shelter or anything. I remember there was no traffic light. And I think they said later on that X amount of people had to be killed before there was actually a traffic light that was put out there. I remember it being no Winn-Dixie. I remember it being nothing on both sides of the highway. Um, and I think because we were basically a self-functioning neighborhood, it was pretty much things were okay. But when you actually went outside the boundaries of the Banner Lake community, that's when you would receive prejudice things that was going on. And even during the course of time, my school life and everything, we have come a long ways, but there's still so much progress that need to be made because at the end of the day, we aren't totally treated equal. And, and I remember like when my children growing up, like being with a special, like I'll say a special group, which was myself and Alfred, yourself and your husband, Debbie Buckle and her husband, just a group of parents that was so gravely concerned that we always looked out for our children. And once again, my children have done well and they're doing good. Nathan, he's at the airport, married, three kids. Alfred has his own transportation business. And Anthony is doing like the water tower, water treatment. So with the course of time and everything, there's always room for improvement. Okay, well, if you don't have any else things to add to it, I think that, oh, I just want to ask you, school, did you participate in any kind of sports? That's what I, I knew I had that one last question to ask you. No, but the thing that I did though, earlier, I don't know if you remember using Banner Lake, I was always doing like a play. We mm -hmm. would do like plays mm -hmm. there. And then I got to make rec 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 recognition to another person too. Like the Banner Lake Club at one time, you know, Hera was like the director. Then Mary Lovely, mm -hmm. she came in. And that was like really, really good, the things that she did. Because we got this huge Martin Luther King celebration. Mm -hmm. We were able to bring in speakers like Willie Gary, uh, Alcee Hastings, mm -hmm. and then it became like a huge event here in the Battle Lake right. community. So, you know, as always, you got you got to give honor where honors do. Oh, of course. And that community consisted of Mary Lovely, um, myself, Alfred Miller, and Charlie Washington. Mm -hmm. And then also we had beginning we had the Battle Lake Gomez Residence Association. And even before Boys and Girls Club was there, even before the last program was there, we were up there and we had our own home, homework club. We did, right. Okay. okay then, well thank you for your interview. Thank you Dale. so much. I think we done, Chuck. Okay, thanks, Don. She did good. All right. See, some of the questions I can't 